Ashley, I have a confession to make. What? What is it, Jeremy? I know I've really been talking this guy up, but I don't think I have a crush on Pinstripe anymore. <gasps> and welcome to The Bold Talk, the podcast where we discuss the lovely thruple that is Jane, Cat and Son of The Bold Type. I'm Ashley Klein. You just had to throw in that it was a thruple, didn't you, Ashley? I, I did. I did, Jeremy, because I knew you would love it. <laughs> anyway, and I am Jeremy Rodriguez. And today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 9, which is entitled Before Tequila Sunrise. In this episode... Jane, Sutton, Alex, Pinstripe, and Jacqueline are all trapped in the Scarlet offices due to a massive traffic jam. Jane re-examines her feelings for Pinstripe, Sutton makes a surprising move, and Kat makes an impulsive decision. Now, I mean, Kat makes an impulsive decision could just be any episode, let's be <laughs> honest. <laughs> That's very true, actually, because uh, when I look back on this episode, I look at it very fondly. But then when I rewatched it for our podcast, when I was looking at it a little bit more critically, I, I gotta say, I don't really like some of the characters in this episode. Oh no, like who? Be- because, I-, I mean, we'll get into like the specifics, but okay. one of my favorite things to do whenever I analyze media now is to, I like to look at what the writers want us to feel mm-hmm. about certain characters, and then compare it to like how I actually feel. If if I was in that situation. I would say, is that perhaps why you suddenly don't like pinstripe? Maybe. Huh. (laughs) It's like very subtle details where I'm just like, "Mm." it's not just pinstripe either. I mean, like, shall you elaborate now? (laughs) Or are you just going to like tease me with this and like make me wait? I'm going to tease you and then we'll get into it as we (laughs) we get along to the episode. But the episode essentially opens with there's a massive traffic jam because 45 is in New York City and is ruining everything. Just like. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Like America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. By the way, yeah, let's call him 45 throughout the episode. Just I thoroughly enjoyed that that was Jacqueline's approach as well. Mm-hmm, exactly. Everybody else referred to him my name, but I'm going to stick to it as calling him 45. I mean, honestly, if it works for Jacqueline, like, it should work for everyone, right? <laughs> True, though. <laughs> so anyway, um, while J- uh, Jane, Cat and Sutton are in the cab, Jane is making a pro-pro list about whether she should stay at Scarlet or leave Scarlet for Insight. Uh- and right now it's sort of Hide. Our precious little tiny Jane. She's like so type A. <laughs> I know. I do the same thing now, honestly. If like, you know, I'm like, oh, well, two awesome jobs. Let's see, like, which one is better than the other? <laughs> but one of the things that Sutton tries to tell Jane is that, no, here's a here's a pro. Work with best friends. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you're so cute. Like everything <laughs> else, 45 had to ruin the pro pro list because the taxi driver had to slam on his brakes, mm-hmm. thusly ruining a column 
of Jane's work. Jane said, oh, if the car turns right, I will stay at Scarlet, or the car turns left, I will go to Insight, or vice versa. I don't really remember which one was which, but anyway, essentially, they the cab driver couldn't do either one of them. I so. just thoroughly enjoy that Jane's approach to like this big life decision was basically like, let's treat this like Tinder, right or left. I mean, I very much enjoy, you know, the whole leave it up to the universe to decide, because I suck at making decisions. That should come as no shock to anyone. I tend to do stuff like that, so I mean, I don't make, I don't think I've ever made like a big life altering decision like that. Like, ooh, stay at my job or head to this new company. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think. Like the last big life decision I had to like, you know, decide, and I can't even think of one right now. So we'll get, we'll circle back. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll circle circle back around. So, um, Jacqueline is holding a pitch meeting. A lot of people couldn't make it because of the road closures and. Jacqueline just says, well, I refuse to cancel a pitch meeting on account of that man. I mean, God bless. What a boss-ass bitch. Just all Mm -hmm. around. (laughs) Exactly. And then Jacqueline um, drops a, not a bombshell, but kind of a bombshell on Jane. She says that, well, don't pitch anything political because somebody else is doing something. And then that's when Jane says, uh, okay, well, here's a piece on genderless fashion. Um, And then she says that she'll spend the day in genderless clothing and see if people treat her differently. She essentially gets Jacqueline's approval by using the words drop crotch floral pants. <laughs> I, I really did love. She's like, no, no, you had me at drop, clo- drop crotch floral pants. I was like, yes, same. Do you own any drop crotch floral pants, Ashley? Um, no, but I kind of wish I did. <laughs> also should come as no shock to literally anyone. <laughs> Currently, they're not drop crotch, you know, floral pants, but I do have a floral bomber jacket, something, whatever the hell on, so. Oh, I love that jacket. Kind of representing. Yeah, I think. I think I've seen that jacket before. Yeah, and I think someone, I think so, because one time when I wore it, someone's like, you're like Ryan Gosling in Drive. I was like, thank you? (laughs) And they're like, no, good. I'm like, thank you. Okay. I take that as a compliment, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if anyone's going to compare you to, like, Ryan Gosling, just take it. I mean, I've never seen Drive, but shh, that's okay. Yeah, neither have I. It's okay, <laughs> um, But then Alex walks in because Jacqueline's whole stance on genderless clothing is that oh, women wear men's clothes, have been wearing men's clothing for decades, and it's been subversive. So it'll be a little bit more, I don't want to I don't want to say controversial, but a little bit more interested if Alex was the one wearing genderless clothing. So yeah. she ends up giving it to him. And like, honestly, this has been established, but I personally believe like men, you had your time with suits. You had a great run, you know, throughout the entirety of just history. <laughs> but I think only women can wear suits now. And that's going to be the hill that I die on. <laughs> so men, you had a great run. You did some great things with suits, but it's <laughs> it's women's turn. <laughs> Wow. I have very strong feelings on women in suits, which is that I love it. Jacqueline ends up assigning Jane a quiz. And let me tell you, I'll give you some insider scoop about journalism. Please do. Making those quizzes, that's fucking hard. (laughs) I am serious. (laughs) Oh, no, like, I'm not doubting that at all. Just because you have to create this entire system of, like, points given and what it means and all of that. I mean, I've done this for a couple different places, but I had a gig that paid me a little bit more or do the quizzes because it was so time consuming. And then there was this other company I worked for where like it, it would be like $20 a piece and um, I would get $20 for, you know, just writing like a listicle or like, you know, or just like a long form post. And like that was fine. That was worth
worth the work. That was worth the effort, I guess you could say. But as far as, you know, doing the quizzes, I'm like, I am not doing this for $20. (laughs) I mean, I know there are, you know, rules, but is it like it has to be 20 questions or were there parameters? I mean, each kid gave me like a different different guidelines. Like some said, oh, eight questions or 15 questions or whatever. But like, what makes it so difficult though is that like each answer has to go towards like a different result. And then you have to like, you have to add up points and everything like that. It is the biggest headache you will ever have. You really lost me when you mentioned math at all. (laughs) So no thank you. Yeah. I mean, there are websites where you can, like, you can literally go online and make a quiz yourself. Like, you know, you don't even have to have, like, a journalism degree or anything like that. But, like, even that is very difficult. Because, you know, you also have to, like, you know, try to pick the right answers to come with the right results. And, and like, be engaging and funny and witty and, you know, all of these things. Yeah. It's like, ugh, Jane, like, I would be complaining about that quiz, too. Like, <laughs> not so much about, like, you know, complaining about, like, oh, I can't write a political article. I'd be complaining about the fact that I had to write that quiz in general. <laughs> So you would just be like, on principle alone, I am upset. Um, but yeah, because even Sutton's like, oh, no, this is going in the pro insight column, isn't it? Because Jane is very much, you know, in the mindset, she wants to write what she wants to write. And I respect that. And you just establish quizzes suck. So yes. but if anybody wants to hire me to do quizzes, I will do them for you. <laughs> as long as you pay me very well. I feel like I need to like do a disclaimer. I'm not complaining, except I am. But, but you like, if you pay me enough. <laughs> The complaints are worth it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But then when Shane is venting to Sutton, she ends up getting attacks from Pinstripe, and this is the first time we heard from him since the breakup. Which has apparently been, you know several weeks or whatever the hell he says i mean he kind of says in the lobby like it's been a while which is a you know fun way to be like hey it's been a while but like i saw you yesterday kind of thing (laughs) Um, i wonder like do they really like go that long without like running into each other in the elevator i mean probably not um so yeah i don't think it's been like this like whirlwind you know months have gone by but yes this is the first we've heard of pinstripe since their breakup which again Mm -hmm. good job jane you chose you that's you know no one can fault you but then pinstripe ends up telling jane goodbye because he just got fired from pinstripe so now yeah like do we call him by his name i don't like that Don't they still refer to him as Pinstripe in future episodes? I think so, which is honestly perfect, because I want my brand to be so strong that even if I get fired from something, it's just still, like, intrinsically associated with me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's my goal in life. So apparently be fired. So yeah, I just, I heard that after I said it out loud. Maybe I should have a different goal. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, okay, we, again, we'll we'll circle back to me. (laughs) But I like that um, Pinstripe attempts to hold out his hands, they give Jane a handshake, and then Jane's like, put that away. And then she gives him a big hug. I thought that was cute. So, um, later on, though... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to get into how you don't like Pinstripe now. No, I'm not there yet. (laughs) You goddamn tease, Jeremy. But anyway, later on, they're all stranded at the Sinem building because there's a bunch of protesters who are... Basically making our hatred of 45 known, rightfully so, keep New doing York, that. New York honestly does hate him, which I, I know I've shit-talked New York City. Um, well, maybe not so much shit-talked, I've just expressed my dislike of it because it personally fills me with anxiety and dread. But that's on me, that's my own thing. But you know what? Good job, New York. But the Secret Service ends up shutting down the entire block, and Pinstripe is just sitting there with his box of sadness. I really do like that he's like, oh no, you weren't supposed to see me like this, and we already did the goodbye. Oh no. 
we did the tear filled goodbye. Funny, I don't remember crying. Oh, so He's good. like, you were devastated. I thought that was cute. You will eventually tell me why you don't like pinstripe anymore. I feel like don't like is a strong word. I mean, there's a couple of writing choices behind his character where I was just like, eh, I don't know. And see, like, I'm the complete opposite now. Like, we for sure swap sides because I love pinstripe now. Like, him and Jane as friends, that's not my ship this week. But, like, it's just a ship in general. I never shipped them romantically, but as friends, I'm like, hell yeah. So, Jane ends up running Pinstripe up to the Scarlet offices to seek refuge, and they make a unicorn dream teeny with Sutton, and that drink looks amazing, by the way. We know vodka's in it, right? Yeah. Do we know what else is maybe in that, aside from, like, a shit ton of sugar? I don't know. That's all that really matters to me. I Honestly, like, if a drink has, like, lots of pretty colors on it, that's all you really need to sway me. And, like, the candy? If I was offered a Dream Teeny, I would be like, hell yeah. Yeah, Can exactly. I get three more? Anyway, the, the entire group, or the, the little group right here, they end up sharing, like, a bunch of stories that Jade ends up telling Pinstripe, like, oh, I got a job offer. Pinstripe tells everybody else, like, oh, I got fired. And then Alex walks in, and he's just like... Wait, you got the job at Insight? I truly, like, this episode's fun for me because a lot of shows do this where something, you know, pins all of these characters that normally aren't always together in the same scene into this one location. You know, generally, shenanigans ensue, and that is what happens. We'll get there. I don't know. It's one of those tropes that I just still enjoy because I feel like there's always a new approach to it. Like, it's just, I don't know, there's always just, like, this wealth of subject matter that you can kind of mine. So, yeah. I was like, it sucks that, you know, they're trapped at work. Honestly, who would want that? But also, Jeremy, they're doing my favorite thing again, which is drinking at work. <laughs> they just have so much alcohol just there in the break room. What kind God, of them for that. <laughs> what kind of utopia is this and how do I get there? I like this trope too. I really love it. But I, I wish there would have been more um interactions with the characters who didn't necessarily interact very much. I mean, granted, we got to see like Pinstripe interact with Sutton and Alex. You know, we never get to see that. You know, that's pretty interesting to say. But, like, how interesting would it have been if we got, like, an entire scene with just Pinstripe and Sutton or, you know, something like that, you know? I mean, there is only so much time in, like, a 45-minute episode, Jeremy. I I, I, I know. (laughs) But honestly... I'm I'm just saying, like, that's something I would have liked to have seen. And I bet there are deleted scenes for this episode out there somewhere. Oh, there's gotta be. And I think the whole, you know, Pinstripe interacting with Sutton and Alex is why I like him more now. Because every time before this, he was just, you know, the attractive guy that Jane was hanging out with. So he had to, you know, have that, like, super cool, super playboy kind of, I'm an attractive person and you should be attracted to me kind of vibe. Now he's just like, hey, I'm a goofball. And I'm like, hey, man, that appeals to me. <laughs> he was adorable in this episode. I won't give him that. And I love when um when Alex comes in and he offers him a dream teeny. He has a smile. He's like, dream teeny? <laughs> Again, honestly, drinking in the workplace, I'm for it. How do pinstripe we make this Alex. happen? I want to see more Pinstripe and Alex. Again, Jeremy, this is not your Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about that. So I mean, <laughs> Just seeing them, like, you know, share more scenes. Like, that was cute when he was, like, dream teeny. I mean, I would like the fan fiction I, stuff. Too, there it is. There it is. I would say, yes, it was cute, Jeremy, but don't you lie to me. I'm just saying I wasn't referring to that, okay? <laughs> Get your okay. mind out of the gutter, Ashley. I'm sorry. That's going to be our next podcast. What? Where's my mind today? Probably the gutter. Don't know how we're going to spin that, but we'll make it work. But anyway, I really like that Alex, he could have been, like, really mad about Jane receiving that job. And instead, he was very supportive. He was like, no, no, I'm happy for 
for you. And he's ends up coming to the conclusion, like, oh, I, I actually kind of like it here in Scarlet. I mean, of course he does. He gets to drink on the job. Exactly. Oh, by the way, like a little side note about this, though. Did you know that before the bold type came to freeform, it was originally like a comedy that was meant for, I think it was meant for NBC, if I'm not mistaken. I vaguely remember reading something, you know, to that effect. Yes. Yeah, and the show was not originally meant to focus on three women. It was meant to focus on Alex and this man and how he, like, works at a women's fashion magazine. I mean, that would have been, you know, a good enough show. It would have been an interesting premise, but I, you know. I just feel like there wouldn't be, like, eventually you would just be like, oh, this man in a woman's world again, trying to make his way in fashion. Right, and so it would have been, like, a man at the helm, though, and I, I like that we have, like, three women at the helm, and it's, like, it's very, it's more empowering that way, I feel like. Also, it was established that Alex used to wear khakis. So, do we really want someone who used to wear khakis as the main character? That would have been funny to see, though. Like, just seeing Sutton. Because I'm pretty sure that's how it would have... If there was a Sutton-type character, I'm pretty sure Sutton would have been the one who was judging him and saying, like, ooh, he wears khakis. And she tells Jane that, like, oh, I don't think he's going to last longer than a month. Yeah, I mean... And then she ends up changing her mind. I really do enjoy that scene between Alex and Sutton, which more or less happens after everyone's you know, drinking the dream teeny, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or the unicorn teeny, whatever the hell it's called. Dream teeny. Okay. Unicorn dream teeny. That's what it was. There it is. <laughs> um, but I very much enjoy that we kind of got like just a little bit of like origin story for those two because Alex is like, I thought you were stuck up. And she's like, oh, no, I was just busy <laughs> and tortured. <laughs> that which was funny. Yeah. I, I relate to because I once had a friend. We're still friends. Like this was not, you know, a cause for concern. It wasn't said in malice or anything. But okay. he, he was just like, fun fact, if you're not actively talking or like engaged in a conversation or laughing or something, you look like a straight up bitch. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I was like, could that be why I'm not making any friends at college? <laughs> Because I don't, apparently to him, I I was an, um, like an unapproachable person, which is fine. <laughs> that works for me. But yeah, back, back then I was like, oh man, is that why I'm not making friends? Got it. Sorry, that's just my face. I mean, when I first saw you, I thought you were very fascinating, you know, again, because... <laughs> Because in class, you've talked about how, like, oh, I wrote my first article about pancakes. I'm sorry. I wasn't prepared for the, like, adjective of fascinating. So do go on. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm going to stroke your ego. Keep stroking it. (laughs) Please, please do. I thought you were very fascinating, though, but I was like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to her. Like, she's probably too busy. You know? (laughs) (laughs) She's probably not interested in being my friend. She's, like, probably too cool for me. Meanwhile, I'm like, why aren't I making friends? I thought you were too cool for me. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. What an illusion. (laughs) What was your first impression of me, Ashley? My, honestly, my first impression of you was when you were discussing, I don't know if it was your book or, like, one of the kids that sat next to you, but you guys were talking about the Fifty Shades of Earl Grey (laughs) book or whatever the hell. I don't even remember that. Like, I don't know if that was my very first impression, but it's the one that's like at the, you know, the forefront of my mind. And I don't know why, probably just because it's a stupid ass pun. Um, but was yeah. it like during class discussion or? No, it was like before class started. Okay. I would say that was normally the class where like, I think I had like a 10 hour day the day we had that class. So like by the time I got there, I was like definitely doing my first, you know, crash in desperate need of caffeine. Um, right. So I would normally like just like hurriedly get into class, sit down and be like focused on staying awake. 
Let's do this. But no, the one day I remember you and some other people, again, don't know if it was your book, but it was Fifty Shades of Earl Grey tea. And I don't know if it was a recipe book. I don't know if it was like a hot tea kink kind of Tumblr blog and (laughs) made into a book. I don't know, Jeremy. I don't know either. I don't remember this. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was like, I don't think I made this up. I don't think it was a weird ass fever dream. I think it happened. No, it probably happens. <laughs> so that, that's kind of my first impression of you is just a pun. So, Aww. so honestly, it kind of fits. Also, because you know, you were, you worked on the school paper. I mean, technically I did too, but I wasn't like an editor or anything important. So I just constantly- Well, thank you, Jeremy. But yeah, also I just assumed all of you guys were like way too cool for me. Cause I'm like, man, they're like the, they're like editors. I'm just like this little peasant that sometimes writes. Well, everybody always talks about how good of a writer you are, so. Oh, thank you. My ego needs this. <laughs> that was one of the things the editors talked about. We were like, we're like, oh, oh, here's a piece from Ashley Klein. Oh, it's going to be good. That was literally a regular thing. Oh, just God bless. Just retroactively, God bless everyone. <laughs> if any former editors of the school newspaper are listening to this, feel free to like, you know, send us an email and corroborate this story because please tweet me. I'm sad. Please tweet how much you loved me. It's been a <laughs> been a rough week. <laughs> Oh, boy. But anyway. Where even were we? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Pinstripe ends up looking at Jane's pro-pro list. There it is. And he, kn- he knows that Jane has a pro-pro list and whatnot. And he acts like he kind of knows her. But, like, they dated for, like, 27 seconds. I mean, maybe they did have some heart-to-heart that we didn't see, because that's not fun. Come on. Would you True, rather see... I mean, I guess he's a writer, and I guess, yeah. you know, he's... Like, would you rather see shower sex or, like, a heart-to-heart? Do you really want me to answer that? I mean, I think I know the answer. <laughs> so it was slightly, you know, rhetorical. We get it, Jeremy. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, this scene, here's where we're going to get into where I'm like, mm. Okay. And try it. He ends up telling Jane that, oh, um, insight is a big risk. But look what happens when you take a risk. You get political exclusives, first orgasms, and then he says, me. And I'm like, what? Like, really? Wh- that's that's the thing where you're like, no, you've gone on at length about how this man is like so smooth and just always knows what to say, and all of a sudden you're like, no, I hate it. <laughs> I, I just feel like it was a little bit too conceited, you know. And, and okay. I feel like I get what like the writers are trying to accomplish, like saying that, like, oh, like Jane had a lot of fun with Pinstripe, but at the end of the day, like she realized that a relationship with Pinstripe is not what she wanted. It's not what made her happy. So the fact that he says, like, oh, look what happens if you take a risk, you get me. Aren't I a good thing? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, you are not a good thing for Jane. Like, okay, maybe you're a really good friends, but I don't know. I just felt like that was very presumptuous. Like, you know, who's who's saying that you're one of the good things. I mean, I would probably say that just because despite all of my self-deprecating humor, I am still, I don't want to say conceited because it's like the opposite of that, but it's very much still in my wheelhouse of humor to just be like, not, ah, what is the word I'm looking for? It's still in the realm of like self-deprecating for me because I would for sure be like, oh, like, aren't I the best thing that ever happened in your life? But like, you know, better than that. That was a terrible example. I I feel like if you said something like that, it would be a different story. But the the way Pinstripe said it was like a completely serious line like oh me you get me this is a good thing you got me well 
I mean, it's kind of established here that he misses Jane. Because, like, later on, he does say something like, or is it that same scene where he's like, um, do you ever think if we could have worked? Yes, he does say that in that same scene. Which, again, the one thing I really liked about Jane and Pinstripe's breakup is that the two of them realized that they couldn't work together. Because Jane wanted a monogamous relationship. She wants to be a one-guy kind of gal. And then there was Pinstripe who wanted to be with multiple gals. And I thought that was, like, really cool because, you know, Pinstripe wants to live a polyamorous lifestyle. And I just feel like he's essentially given that up for Jane. And I don't know, I just feel like it's going back to, like, like, the old... Yeah, that the trope of it. Yeah, like, the the old-fashioned tropes of, like, oh, like, you know, I used to sleep around, but no, now I'm finally willing to settle down. And I'm like, you don't necessarily have to settle down. When they broke up, I thought Pinstripe was gonna be, like, this great role model for polyamorous people. So, I was just, uh, I don't know, I feel like I'm a little bit let down by that, because the fact that he is, you know, so willing to settle down i feel like that's becoming more normalized it's normalized in the fed like oh like you know let's settle down but i don't know i i really wanted to normalize polyamory a little bit though okay i gotcha so that's that's my thing okay so like to you this is just like a like a little step back yeah exactly And, you know, I, I would have been cool if, like, the two of them, like, you know, the two of them wanted to stay friends and, you know, have, like, this really good, healthy friendship and, like, Pinstripe still stayed on the show, then great. But this is definitely teasing the fact, like, oh, like, you know, Pinstripe misses Jade and he wants to be with her. Ugh. So. <laughs> All right. You have spoken your piece. And I, I, I respect it. <laughs> but anyway, so that's a bit interrupted though. But she says, I think we can see... 45. <laughs> and then they go into Jacqueline's office and he said, Alex said he saw a small orange blur. And Alex is like, uh, no, I said I... I said I saw the motorcade, and Sutton's like, oh, same thing. I just love how drunk Sutton is getting, because it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> she ends up, so they're in Jacqueline's office or in this scene. She ends up working out on Jacqueline's treadmill. I... I fucking love this scene so much. The scene where she goddamn falls off the treadmill. <laughs> I have, like, when it first happened, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I need to, like, pause this. I need to rewind. That was literally, like, two seconds of just pure delight for me. It, it was hilarious. But also, like, you know, not to get all realistic on it, but how come the, you know, because Jacqueline walks in and that's what triggers something to fall. How come nobody seems to be, to care if something's okay? Everybody's just like, oh shit, we got caught Jacqueline. <laughs> Because Jacqueline caught them in her office. <laughs> but no, I think Alex kind of, like, reaches out lovingly. Like, right when she falls, he's like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody thinks to check on her and be like, are you okay? Not even Jacqueline. Jacqueline's like, are you okay, son? She's just like, hey, you're in my fucking office. Get yeah. the fuck out. She's like, it's been a very long day. Please leave. And like Sutton <laughs> pops right up, you know? It's not like exactly. she like stumbles to her feet like I would with my bad knees and bad hip and bad back and all of that. Also during that scene, Jane is sitting down at um, Jacqueline's desk because, you know, Pinstripe suggests, oh, like, you know, see what it's like. See if you want to say it's Scarlet. How does it feel to sit in the editor-in-chief's desk? And uh, she leaves her notebook, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. fucking open to her pro pro list like come on girl <laughs> get it together <laughs> which we shall get to in a little bit yes but, and now we get to the genderless fashion show um i know i'm kind of jumping the gun here okay but my outfit of the whole episode is jane and pinstripe in that very bright but we're there now i'm gonna talk about it now jeremy because i goddamn love that scene I have a gif of that scene that I use often because it's so good. And I mean, again, the jacket I'm wearing is kind of very similar to the jacket that they are wearing. 
Um, mine is just floral instead of leopard print. Okay. Um, so maybe I'm a little biased, but that jacket looks like a goddamn Lisa Frank, like school supply, <laughs> oh just God, explosion. And I love it so much. <laughs> and just the all black with it and those ridiculous like platform shoes, super here for this outfit. <laughs> and I, I will not be silenced or censored, Jeremy. I'm going to talk about it now. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to keep my favorite outfit till later. <laughs> Such a tease, Jeremy. Such a tease. Anyway, yeah, that seems really cute. I, I'm just saying that Pinstripe and Alex got dressed <laughs> together in that room alone. But hold on. Can we just quickly ask what the fuck is Alex's shirt jacket? Why is there a sling? <laughs> and honestly, too. I think Sutton should have that because she's the one who just fell off a treadmill. <laughs> But, like, are slings in? Like, what is that? I, I is don't that... know. I mean, if it's cool to be, like, injured, then I must be super cool, because, as I just mentioned, I have a bad back and knees and hip. <laughs> <laughs> right. I literally hobble about. So, yeah, you know what? That does explain why you thought I was cool, Jeremy. It was definitely the limp I have, <laughs> which I like to call my swag. <laughs> That's, you, you got it. That's actually what it was. <laughs> It had nothing to do with your personality or anything. Oh, God, no. I would have anything to do with that. It's terrible. Later on, all of them are chilling in their genderless fashion outfits, and they're going over possible quiz ideas. Um, Pinstripe ends up pitching, a, pitching an idea, and then Sutton says, next, drink. I, again, I've I said this already, but drunk Sutton is a gift to this world. <laughs> yes. Pinstripe's like, what did I do? And she's like, just drink. Again, it's after hours. It's fine to be drinking. Everyone's stuck there for, you know, terrible reasons. But the fact that they're just very blatant, like, they're not mixing it anymore. They're just like, here's straight vodka. Drink, bitches. <laughs> and I enjoy that. <laughs> Were they drinking straight vodka? I just assumed it was vodka. It's a clear liquid. I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was tequila. I don't know now. I mean, oh, God, if they're doing tequila shots, no wonder Sutton's getting very buzzed. <laughs> Right. Another one of my favorite aspects of that scene, though, is um, Pinstripe is um, taking a quiz with everybody else, talking about um, what does your Netflix cue say about your dating style or something like that or whatever. Yeah. One of the questions is, what is in your Netflix cue? And then Alex says, oh, serial killer documentaries. And Alex is quick to, like, volunteer that. And then Pinstripe says, killer in the bedroom. High nice five, work. bro. But all I'm saying, though, is that Alex is very quick to volunteer that information because Pinstripe has given out the quiz, so he is very willing to share that he is a killer in the bedroom. I mean, also, he wrote the quiz, so... Yeah, he wrote the quiz, so he already knows what the results are, so that's the reason why he is sharing that with Pinstripe. Oh, for he sure. He wants Pinstripe to know that he is a killer in the bedroom, I am just saying. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for your, like, conspiracy theory thirsty Tumblr podcast. It's gonna be great. Jane ends up deciding to um, focus her quiz on how do you know when it's the right time to leave your job? And then Alex jumps in and says, easy, they fire you, right? <laughs> so I need it to be mean to pinstripe a little bit. I'm just saying there's a little bit of flirting going on, okay? I'm just saying. I really why. love Sutton's, oh, too soon? Yes. honestly, too soon jokes are always just perfect. Ugh, I love it. But I guess now is the time to, to really note that this is when Jane realizes her notebook is missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no, Jane. Yep, but then Pinstripe and Jane try to casually walk side by side. <laughs> I mean, Jacqueline's office. I enjoy that this is like a cautionary tale of like, this is what happens when you're thinking about leaving your job for another job and also you're stuck in your office building and you've been drinking for a long time. I know it's very specific. <laughs> <laughs> 
was about to say. Like, yeah, that's it's a very specific cautionary tale. <laughs> it's very niche. Um, another thing too, like, I don't know if this was a writing mistake or if this was an ad libs on by Zan Chanots. By the way, it's Chanots. Oh, okay. Just so you know. Um, I think we have been the, saying that wrong then. <laughs> the, the actor who, yeah, I definitely said it wrong before. The actor who plays Penstripe, his name is Dan Chanots. But anyway, I don't know if it was like an ad lib by him, but um, he calls the clothing because he says that, oh, um, don't worry, we're going to be casual. We're just two people in an office, drunk, wearing, and he calls it gender neutral clothing. And personally, I always had a problem with gender neutral because that implies that there's only two genders. Oh, uh, okay. I don't know. I like that. I like that previously they were just calling it genderless fashion. I thought that was very inclusive for them to say it. And like, you know, I was like, oh, why do you say gender neutral? In his defense, the character's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. But no, but I, I, I get where you're coming from. If you're drunk, though, you should at least be woke, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Your wokeness doesn't go away when you're drunk, okay? I feel like if anything, it maybe gets like amplified. I don't know if it if it's the same way of when you drink and maybe become an asshole. Is it the same yeah. thing with like being woke? Like if you drink so much, you're like, you know what? I said I wasn't going to discuss politics, but fuck it. I've had six tequila shots. <laughs> Let's do this. Exactly. But then Jacqueline ends up catching them, and then she says, Jane, we need to talk. Ooh. Which I thought was really weird. Like, why did she need to specifically talk to Jane? Because, spoiler alert, later on, it's just, she just shares the information with everybody that, oh, um, he ordered a souffle, and there's an hour prep time. <laughs> We're gonna be here for goddamn ever. Yeah, exactly. And that was obviously a misdirect for us as a viewer, but I just thought it was odd. I mean, I, I super enjoyed that it's not subtle shade. It's very obvious shade and hatred, rightfully so. I will say that in, you know, in this episode. But how timely, because I think this episode came out not long after that whole, like, he eats two scoops of ice cream and everyone else gets one. Oh, wait, that was, was that really like a... I, oh, no, that, that was a headline or like an article at one point. Oh, really? And yeah, this episode came out like, I don't think that long after that, because I was like, how in the hell are you so timely? Huh. Well, that's cool. But yeah, so I just enjoy every time Jacqueline's on screen just throwing blatant shade. It nourishes me. <laughs> uh, there was also that scene earlier where she calls the restaurant. I, I think it was earlier. I'm not really sure at this point. But she's calling the restaurant and the restaurant owner says like, oh, he sent back the steak. And she's like, <laughs> of course he sent back the steak. It's because he actually wants a burger. Oh, just God bless Jacqueline forever and always. But then later on, there's a ton of awkwardness because all of them are just sharing a drink with Jacqueline. Oh, when she popped in and was like, it's going to be like another two hours, guys. And then she's like, scotch? And Sutton's like, oh, yes. And everyone's like, Sutton, what the fuck? <laughs> the chocolate's like, well, this is fun. I, I, I'm going to say it again. Drunk Sutton is just a pure delight for me. Because even in that scene, she's just like, fun, right? Yeah. It, yeah, in this particular scene now, like, it, it's just... No matter how awesome your boss is, because Shacklin is an awesome boss, it's it's just plain awkward if, like, oh, you're just hanging out with your boss and you have to, are we supposed to be ourselves now? Like, what are we, <laughs> like, I know, you know, like, we're not, like, being, like, ultra professional or anything Yeah, like, like I that. know we're like, off the clock here, but should I also still maintain an air of professionalism? Yeah, exactly. There's always, like, that little awkward, like, space to navigate. I mean, I've had some bosses where it's, like... You know, you can do whatever the fuck you want, say, like, regardless, as long as you get mm -hmm. your job done, but, you know, 
there are also sometimes like moments like this where like okay we're all chilling here like it, i notice how like jacqueline's the one drinking but everybody else it seems like it's too afraid to actually <laughs> take a sip it seems like oh pinstripe's face here is just great because he he looks awkward and i love it yeah because he's like i never met this person yeah. before <laughs> he's like oh no <laughs> exactly but then it also um in brackets if you watch it with subtitles it says tense electronic music oh my god i love it can you please just like chronicle all of the like descriptive you know music brackets they use <laughs> i will try my best <laughs> Thank there was you. already contemplative music and it's like two episodes ago and now there's tense electronic music <laughs> Well, Sutton actually is the one who tells Jacqueline, like, oh, like, she came up with a great idea. How to know when you're when you're ready to lose your job. <laughs> oh, Sutton. And then Jacqueline's like, all right, well, let's start brainstorming some questions. I I like that she's, you know, very helpful in this because Jane clearly wants to die. Yeah, exactly. It's just like completely awkward. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think Jacqueline knew and she's just keeping a secret from Jane and letting Jane come to her? Oh, of course Jacqueline knew. Oh, I think so, like, too. Even Absolutely. if Jane didn't leave the notebook open on her desk, Jacqueline knew, because Jacqueline knows everything. Yeah, because we never, you know, we never find out whether or not she knows or anything like that. But, you know, I, I kind of like that she gave Jane space. Because even Jane later on, she says, oh, I have no idea if she knows. But, you know, <laughs> that's not the purpose of the story, though. Like, I like that Jacqueline was willing to give Jane a little bit of space. And I think, more or less, like... Right after no one else is drinking scotch, they can leave, right? Yeah, that's what the security yeah. guard says. Like, all right, the 45 is gone. So everybody is allowed to go home. And then I notice that Jane and Pinstripe are walking to the elevator together. And you notice, like, prior to this episode, Jane and Pinstripe always, like, met in the elevator on their own. Like, one person would already be in the elevator and the other person would get on. This is the first time I think they were actually about to get on the elevator together. I will take your word on that because I did not, you know, look that closely. So I'm going to take your expert opinion here. Yes, I'm just I'm just saying that's the first time the two of them were about to get on the elevator together. But then, of course, Jacqueline interrupts them. And I'm just saying there's a lot of symbolism behind that to showing like, hey, there's always going to be something that's going to interrupt the two of them from okay. you know, getting on elevators together, whatever an elevator, you know, is supposed to symbolize ultimately. Whatever metaphor that needs to be. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but then that's when Jacqueline shares with Jane that um, she says, Jane, I know you're frustrated with the quiz assignment. And then she starts to tell, she starts to share more ideas with Jane. She said that when she first took the job at Scarlet, she planned to shift Scarlet's identity and she was nervous as hell. She said that she could fail, but then she knew it was the right decision to take the job because she knew it would scare the shit out of her. Again, just be the Jacqueline Carlisle you want to see in the world because <sighs> what a great life advice tucked up in to like a very nice conversation, you know, with a peer, a colleague. She does so much work. She gives so much, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Oh wait, let me let me complain about Pinstripe again. A little <laughs> scene, a little scene we just um We'll see if we just bypassed. So we're in a scene where, like, where he's telling Jacqueline, like, well, thank you for giving me refuge. And then he's, like, looking at Jane, like, with, like, these flirty eyes. Like, I, I don't know, like, maybe it's just because of my anxiety if I was in Jacqueline's shoes. <laughs> but, like, the way he looks at Jane after talking to Jacqueline, it just sort of looks like he's saying to Jane, like, <laughs> this weirdo. I didn't get that. So, again, I will let you have that read. <laughs> he's just sort of, like, looking... <laughs> He's just sort of, like, looking at her in his way. Again, I don't think that was intentional at all. But just, like, you know, I, I don't know. There's something that he does with his eyes. It just annoys me. Oh, man, you just don't like pinstripe. <laughs> this is such a plot twist. Who knows? Like, you know, it, you know, I could come around. 
<laughs> but you're like, right now, I hate him. I don't hate him. I dislike him. I just, I, I don't want him and Jane together. I feel like I'm like, I, I don't want them together at all at this current moment. Okay. One that I thought that was actually kind of weird, though, was that after Jacqueline is done giving Jane that little spiel, she ends up going down the elevator on her own, and Jane just stays up there. And she, when Jane forgot that she was also going downstairs. I mean, I think you just give Jacqueline, like, her own elevator. <laughs> True. I get it was for dramatic effects. I get it, but I just, I just thought it was funny. Like she, she just waited upstairs, and she's like, "Oh shit!" Now I have to go down too. <laughs> she's like, "Oh wait, I don't live here." And then she ends up meeting Pinstripe downstairs, and then she says, "Brian, why did you call me?" And then he's like, "You know why? Don't overthink it, Jane." And then he like disappears into the mist. Which, by the way, um, full circle from that. I, I know we haven't really talked about Sutton's storyline yet in this episode, but Sutton ta- talks to Jane about how she called Richard, and she's like. I don't know why I called him. And then Shane's like, you know why. And then, you know, the end of the episode, it comes back. Um, Shane's like, Pinstripe, why did you? Well, she doesn't call him Pinstripe, but she says, Ryan, why did you call me? And then he's like, you know why. So it's like sort of like full circle, like, oh, like Jane really does know the answer. She just... She's overthinking it. Again, classic type A. But then Jane's storyline ends where she's looking at the quiz that she just put together. And then she ends up seeing the insight piece, which is very similar to the one she was initially going to pitch to Jacqueline earlier in the episode. It's about how feminism can't exist without intersectionality. And then that ultimately inspires her to take the job. Okay, you're going to be mad at me again. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Because I'm going to jump the gun again. Oh, gosh. And... This isn't like my ship of the episode, but the runner-up ship is definitely, and I know this is like sacrilege, it's Jane and Insight because Jane Mm. took the job. She took the job that, you know, the option that scared her. And I just very much like that idea, you know, this whole, so it's more like a metaphor. (laughs) Jane and Insight is a metaphor of choosing the thing that scares you instead of the thing you're comfortable with. So that's my runner-up ship, but we'll you know, we'll get to everything else. Okay, that's cute. Um, who do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about? Well, we just sort of briefly touched on Sutton. Do you want to talk about her now? Yeah, and Sutton's arc. I mean, aside from just being delightful and drunk, and just you know, as always, a good friend. More or less is, hey, Alex, I hear you need to dress in genderless clothing. Please let me do it. I would like that byline. And. Alex ultimately says, yes, there's lots of flirtation going on. Oh, we didn't talk about the scene with the khakis. And she says... <laughs> well, we I mean, we kind of touched on it. We did, but we didn't say how Sun points out, well, what would happen if we got you out of them? <laughs> I enjoy that that is a very much an innuendo, um, because I'm pretty sure my girl meant like, hey, when I style you... <laughs> Can you, like, just imagine? All I'm saying, like, you know, my queer ass would have fallen for that line. <laughs> and, like, you know, something. Like, all right. See, those kind of lines work on me. <laughs> I mean, it kind of does work. Because Sutton and Alex, you know, whereas Pinstripe and Jane go their separate ways, Sutton and Alex go home together. Uh-huh. Scandal. Also, her sleeves are rolled up. And you know what you see? <laughs> what do you see, Jeremy? Tell me. You see her birthmark. But they have sex. And I noticed, like, did you notice, like, Sutton's kind of pushing Alex away the next morning? Oh, yeah. She wakes up in a very much, oh, shit, what the hell have I done kind of yeah. way. <laughs> and then she, then he's like, oh, I could use some aspirin and he's and some coffee. And then Sutton's like, yeah, I'll have two, please. <laughs> and then she quit. Once she's at the office, she's like, we need to talk now, right now, because I slept with Alex. Yup. 
So, yeah, th- that was very quick for <laughs> Alex and Sutton, honestly. But. Yeah, I mean, that'll be fun next week <laughs> mm, yeah. to navigate the the minefield of, oh, we slept together, but we're not together. We're not even a thing. We never talked about that. We were drunk. Oh, no. You know, the classic. <laughs> but let's move on to Kat. Quite a bit happens with Kat. And she was, you know, not stuck in the Scarlet office. Because yes. where was she, Jeremy? So Adina calls Kat earlier in the episode, and she tells Kat that she's being held at customs, and they won't let her into the country, and she has to fly back home, like home home, not Paris. I do want to point out that in the scene, you know, following this, um, kind of in like a complete 180 from the pilot episode, because in that episode, you know, Adina's detained again at the airport, and Kat spirals, you know, that was the whole... You know, she walks away from Kat and Sutton, who are just trying to help her. She's very overwhelmed. Again, she's leading with her emotions. But this time around, she lets her friends help her. Granted, all they can really do is, you know, call the airport, call, like, an immigration hotline. I love how they rallied behind her right there, though. Like, even later on, they were texting her to check in and say, like, oh, like, you know, how's Adina? Is everything okay? Yeah, and, like, Kat let them do that this time, which I just... It was like a very small, subtle thing, but I'm like, oh, look at you. You grew exactly. up. Look at my little baby cat making emotionally <laughs> mature decisions. Yeah. Well, I mean, mature decisions. Well, um, cat ends up buying an $11,000 first class plane ticket. I didn't realize first class was that expensive. I don't know if it's because maybe there's like one flight going to this place and it's first it, class it like and minute, it's last maybe. minute. But yeah, I was like, come, come again? What now? That could buy me a car? What was that? <laughs> But anyway, um, Sutton ends up screaming after Kat, and she says, you're insane, but really romantic, I love you! Oh my god, I love it. They're just so, so supportive. So adorable. But it, Kat ends up finding Adina in the airport, and then they share a kiss. Not to take away from the kiss, because it's a perfect moment, but also, how did Kat get through security with, like, not a bag? How was that not, like, a red flag? Like, oh, you bought a last-minute one-way ticket? And I mean, also, you don't have a suitcase. TV shows that where they I know. Buy a plane ticket. <laughs> I know it's the romantic gesture and all, but I just feel like I would be stopped <laughs> at security. That's a good point. Like I don't know, would they stop you if you didn't have any baggage? Or I don't know. I mean, honestly, probably not me because I'm like a dumb white girl. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're, we're laughing, but honestly, it probably is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? But yeah, no, like, you're not Tom. I mean, the <laughs> white girl. <laughs> Just to clarify. No, you you said what you said, Jeremy. <laughs> I did not mean it that way. Shut up. <laughs> anyway. Oh, it's like this great whirlwind, you know, romance. Like she she somehow gets out of New York, you know, for through all that traffic and just runs to Adina in the airport. The classic, you know, romance kind of. It's not cliche because it's adorable. But for lack of a better word, you know, the classic airport cliche. <laughs> But we end up finding out that Adina got flagged because she only had a one-way ticket, and she essentially could get her work visa revoked. Also, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name correctly either, um, Nicole Boucherie, who plays Adina, Mm -hmm. she lets loose a single tear down her cheek when she's crying, and I'm like, yo. You're like, this shit just got real. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh. And then Kat comforts her. It's just adorable, that's all. No, I mean, I have nothing to add because you're right. It's just perfect and adorable. But yes, Kat tries to, you know, take Adina on a date, but everything's closed because it's like 
goddamn, I don't know, midnight at the airport? Who knows? Yeah. All the fancy places like Sabaro or Sinabon. Sinabon, my personal favorite. I'm just trying to keep calling at that all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Please. It's like my favorite thing. Well, everything is closed, so Kat's like, wait a minute, I have first class bonuses. Which, I, yeah, I didn't know you got access to bonus privileges, like, in the airport from getting first class. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, it's, like, very comfortable, exclusive, like, lounges to sit in. Um, I didn't know you had, like, a goddamn catered spread at all hours of the day. <laughs> yeah, 24, is that 24 7? Come on. I mean, you know, my broke ass is not flying first class. Oh, uh, maybe one day, though. But then, okay, so they, they're eating that first class catering shit. Yeah, that bougie shit. And then they share their passports with each other. Adina talks about all the places she's been to. She said in Amsterdam, that is where she found love with a woman for the first time. In South Africa is where she discovered the power of portrait photography. And then there's Kat, who, in contrast, she's saying that I've only been in one city. Cut to them in a blanket fort, or not yet? Not yet. Okay. No. But Adina points out that... um the cat knows stability, and now Adina essentially wants a home of her own. So they point out like there's definitely some differences between the two of them there. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Cat's like, "All right, are you ready to eat?" And then Adina says, "I'd like to start with dessert." Uh, and I'm like, "Yes, girl Adina, after yes. my own heart." That's what it says in my notes. Too, in my <laughs> notes too. It says, "I'd like to start with dessert," and I write, "Yes, Adina, yes." I mean, she clearly knows, you know, how to live life. All right, now they're in the pillow. Now parts. cut to the. Blanket for it, perfect. Okay, this is one of the things where I got slightly annoyed with Cat. <laughs> Just slightly, okay. not like not as annoyed as I am with Pinstripe. Don't worry. Okay, <laughs> I'm still Team Cat. But Cat's was talking about how her and her parents would just talk everything out, and they would I, I, I don't know. And she was talking about how that's like a bad thing because. You know, she's like, oh, I hated it. It was too stable. And I'm just like, really? Like, I'm like, you hated the fact that your parents were emotionally stable people? I mean, like, I do. I guess she's coming from the place that both of her parents are therapists, you know? So, you know, growing up, like, being a teenager fucking sucked. There was a yeah. lot of turmoil and angst for no real reason other than, I don't know, hormones growing up, who the hell knows. So, I mean, I do understand how, you know, sometimes you just want to be like, I just wanted to, like, be mad and not have to analyze why. So, like, I understand both sides. <sighs> okay, not just point that out. Yeah, I guess I get it too, because, you know, when you're a teenager, you just want to be angry. You don't want to, like, talk through your feelings, I guess you could say. Yeah, like, not all the time. Mia's like a 20-something now, though. I'm like, I love that shit. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> let's talk through our feelings, please. <laughs> You're like, hi, how does that make you feel? And I'm like, Jeremy, not now. We were just at Starbucks. What the hell, man? <laughs> oh, I love talking through my feelings. So, like, honestly, I feel like, you know, like, cat situation with her parents. I'm like, that's such a great situation. <laughs> but again, I'm thinking in perspective of, like, me in my 20s right now versus cat possibly being a teenager. And she wanted to be rebellious. So I'm like, all right, I got it. All right, you swayed me. <laughs> yes. I'm cat again. Yes. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. So yeah, Kat says that she wanted imperfection, and but she also wanted some adventure. And then she says, oh, what if I went with you? Talking to Adina. And then it cuts away, and then Adina ends up saying, you're so beautiful in Persian. Ugh. And I don't even know what else happens in that scene because that was so pretty and so beautiful. <laughs> you like basically blacked out from just like happiness. I was like, oh. That was basically me. I was like, I want to tell me I'm beautiful in Persian. And then what happens, though, Jeremy? They have sex! Also, just in, like, I know they're in the first class VIP, no one else is around, but still, I'm like, you're in an airport. (laughs) 
not <laughs> judging, you. not judging, but also it's it, it, like, it's no one else around. I mean, I hope not. And they're just doing it like, in, you know, on the furniture too. It's not like they hid in the bathroom or anything. Or like in, that in like the blanket fort, no judgment. But I'm also like, are there not cameras? <laughs> we live in like, you know, a big brother state not to you know, dip into like sounding like a crazy conspiracy theorist, but there are cameras everywhere. You know, it helped Sutton in a previous episode figure out what taxi cab she left her necklace in. So I was like 80% super happy and then 20%, wait a minute, wait, you're in an airport. I tried, to, I, I tried to ignore it as much as I can, because normally I'm the person who says, like, they're doing it in an airport. Yeah. Like, remember in episode one, we were talking about how Kat sexed in the office. She yeah, no, move, uh, I'll be the, the one office. this time, because, yeah, the, the airport got me. But again, like, 80% super here for it, super happy, yay! Yeah, that was a that was a sexy scene, though. I was into it. <laughs> in the final scene for Kat's arc, though, they're waiting for the planes aboard. Kat's first class seat is ready, but she decides to wait with Adina. But then it's Adina's turn, and then she decides to hang back. I mean, you can't fault her for this. She was literally, you know, spur of the moment, picking up her entire life to just go to Persia, right? Yeah. Um, so, the yeah. so yeah, the fact that she kind of backed out, was it like it didn't make me angry. I was like, no, no, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Oh, definitely. And I, and I loved how... um. How Adina just completely supported her, too. She says, if you want a gal, you have to go for yourself. Oh, just so many just truth bombs. Yeah. And, and she says, if you want to stay, you should stay. Like, that's a, that is a healthy relationship right there. Right? Just hold on. Ready? That's my slow clap for the episode. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right, we officially have discussed everybody. Unless there's anything you want to add? I don't think so. We just have to discuss your favorite outfit since, you know, I've already done that. Well, as far as the generalist fashion show is concerned, I mean, I do like Jane and Pinstripe's outfit. However, th- there was something about their movement that just wasn't as fluid. I, I-, I felt like, you know, I-, I felt like the performers felt like awkward in that scene because they were wearing clothes they weren't necessarily like too familiar with. Meanwhile, Sutton, Sutton didn't even realize she was like participating in the fashion show. <laughs> like, she just owned it. Like, I didn't realize till later. I'm like, wait, she's wearing a different outfit here. Wait, oh, she's wearing the outfit too. Like, I don't know. There was just something about like Megan Fahey that she was just so comfortable wearing whatever she wore. I say, is that your outfit of the episode then? That is my outfit okay. of the episode just because like, I don't know. I think she just owned it the best. I think she just wore it the best out of everybody. But I like everybody's genderless fashion. I just think that Megan Fahey was just, she just seemed the most comfortable with it. Her movements are more fluid than everybody else's. She didn't sit very awkwardly. I don't know. She just felt like, you know, she was meant to wear that outfit. <laughs> All right. And what is your favorite ship? Okay. You already told us you're, you're runner up. It obviously has to be Kadena. Like, obviously. Come on. Come on, Jeremy. I was waiting for you to, like, actually make Kadena your favorite ship because I remember, like, when I first told you, like, let's do this podcast together. You were saying, like, well, it's just going to be me screaming about Kadena. It's nonsense. I had to, you know, vary my conversation because could you imagine just what are we up to like what is this episode nine to like nine hours of just me screaming kadena that like that's a lot jeremy and even i know that (laughs) (laughs) all right both of us uh, you know both of us have done kadena i i I like kadena kadena was my favorite ship when they did their first kiss oh so kadena is not your ship this episode it's not. Who is then? <laughs> Do tell. So remember when Pinstripe offered Alex the unicorn dream scene and he was so sweet? Yes. 
and you know how Alex was like, you know, teasing Pinstripe a little bit about losing his job. Mm-hmm. And I remember when the two of them got changed together into their genderless fashions. I remember these things. They saw each other naked, I'm just <laughs> saying. So, okay, maybe it's not a romance, but it's at least a bromance. My ship this week is Pinstripe and Alex. Okay, I feel like I should have seen that coming, but I I like it. I am just saying, like, there's something to happen in that fashion closet. <laughs> At least in my dreams. Again, that's your Tumblr, Jeremy. Or at least it's just like this off-screen thing that happened as far as <laughs> like, as far as this is concerned. But I'm just saying, like, I think they have the potential to develop a really great friendship. And I hope they have, you know, I'm not even kidding here. Like, I think they could develop a friendship. All right. I, re- I respect your choices. So what part of this episode inspired you to live your bold type life? I am going to go with... I mean, I already discussed this, but, you know, Jane choosing insight just because, again, it's the thing that scared her and the thing that Jacqueline said, you know, um, I knew I made the right choice because it scared the shit out of me. I, that's just some good life advice. It really is, though. That, yeah, that's going to be my answer. Just the do what scares you. I'm going to cheat and say the same thing. <laughs> I mean, not cheating. It's a great, it's a great lesson and, you know, something to take with you. So Jacqueline just needs to stop, like, delivering all these wonderful life lessons each week. Honestly, unless she's going to, like, come into my life for real and deliver them to my face. <laughs> I am Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Rodriguez Jeremy. That's Rodriguez with a G and a Z. Jeremy is spelled J-E-R-E-M-Y. And I'm Ashley Klein, and you can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Klein, C-L-I-N-E. You can follow The Bold Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Bold Talk. We are currently available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and a few other places. Feel free to leave us a review to help people find us, especially if it's a five-star review. We especially love that for our egos and tune in next week when we discuss the season one finale jeremy oh my god season finale we really got this far i mean it's what a whirlwind but yes tune in next week when we discuss the finale titled carry the weight bye also her sleeves are rolled up and you know what you say <laughs> what do you see jeremy tell me you see her birthmark I just, like, imagine a harp playing right here. Yeah, there is a harp playing. There will be a harp playing right here. When oh, I oh, then perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Shows how much you listen to the episodes. <laughs> listen, man, I've been really busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a whole, like, orchestra playing. <laughs> You're like, I got Carly Rae Jepsen to sing, like, <laughs> guest vocals. What the hell, dude? <laughs> She'll be like, I really, 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 really like Sutton's birthmark. Yep, nailed it. <laughs>